Hello, my friends. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast we're digging into the digital revolution, the incredible changes it's having on our lives. And if the digital revolution wasn't enough, now we get the whole AI revolution kicking in as well. But it just means uh, we've all got to stay up to speed more than ever before on what's happening, getting things done in a world that's moving so much faster and in a lot of different directions. That's clearly hitting businesses of all kinds as they lean more heavily on applications and other types of software for every part of what they're doing. And who better to speak about some of those challenges and how to overcome them than one of our very favorite monthly digital all-star guests, Bonnie Tinder, founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence. Bonnie, welcome. It's great to see you. It's great to see you, Bob. And I would say we planned our outfits together, um, but we didn't. We So we just must have had a mind meld somehow. Well, Bonnie, I was happy to see that. Um, I'm I'm generally uh, not the most colorful dresser, but I'm glad to see we coordinated here very nicely. We're we're so on brand today. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, Bonnie, it sounds like um, you get you know through the work that Raven Intelligence does across you know monitoring projects, getting these feedback from the customers, from the partners that are involved in them you get to sort of spot trends on a broad scale as they are uh, arising here. It looks like you've you know, come across some interesting ones on the data that Raven Intelligence is able to see. What's, what's this latest uh, trend here, Bonnie? And what does it mean? Yeah, well, you know, we see on uh, the reviews of these IT projects or transformations, digital transformations as so many people call them, um, team turnover, team turnover, meaning the people on the project change, whether that is from the SI uh, perspective, whether that's internally in many cases. So that is a huge factor in reality of IT projects is that you may start with one team, but then by the end, you have a different one. And so sometimes the leader of the project is tasked with solving problems that they did not create. Mm -hmm. They are inheriting a project that sometimes they inherit a project and it's a great project. They just got to continue all the, the good things going on. Yeah, not a lot of time. <laughs> or they inherit a project that is riddled with problems that they they didn't choose. They didn't map out. They didn't. Maybe they weren't even on the selection committee of the software. However, they get put in charge because they are the A-team of solving them. And it's a reality that so many customers, software customers face. And if you are a leader in an IT or a functional role, chances are you might be faced with that very situation of inheriting a whole bunch of things that you have to sort of uh, change or right the ship. Yeah. Bonnie, I know this has been something when uh, periodically you've done your reviews about um you know, the steps that businesses need to take to ensure successful projects, successful transformations. And this issue about people and turnover is always a big one, but human nature being what it is, um, people looking for different opportunities, better opportunities, you know, whatever it might be, how much control can either the partner or the customer have over this? And what are some of the steps they can take to try to mitigate this sort of, uh, you know, a, can often be disastrous 
personnel turnover. Yeah. I mean, you always want to get uh commitment, um, you know, if you can get it in a written sort of uh, format um, on your statement of work from your partner to ensure the team that you've selected is the one that's going to be assigned and stay with your project. Um, you know, from a legal perspective, that's a really uh, good thing, you know, from a, uh, you know, verbal commitments perspective or uh, kind of a social contract internally, making sure that the team um, says, yes, I will, I will make sure that I will, you know, to the best of my ability, stay on for the duration of this project, whether it be six or 12 or 24 months, whatever that project scope is, you want to sort of have that, that hard conversation and get the commitment clearly from the beginning. Um, and that, that, you know, can potentially help. The reality is though, there are things that are going to come up that nobody can control. Maybe there was a, a riff or, uh, you know, maybe uh, somebody gets sick or maybe somebody leaves the company. Yeah. Um, so those are the type of things that um, are reason. Some, sometimes the person gets fired. Yeah. Um, again, those are, those are like realistic things that happen in the normal course of business that, um, you know, somebody, the, we call it the re-leader, right? So that the new leader of the project, the person who has taken over is going to have to deal with. And, you know, and in some cases, the, it's, it's just making sure the duration of the project is complete. But in a lot of cases, you know, let's say that the project is, is going south and, and leadership makes a, a decision, hey, in order to save this thing, we need to we need our aid team on it, you know, or we need a uh, a new leader on this. That is where if you are an A player, congratulations, you just got handed a whole bunch of problems. Um, and now you're the re-leader uh, and, and you need to fix them. Um, and I think that the best leaders, the best leaders don't know exactly what to do, but they know how to make the changes and when to make the changes. And that's why, you know, they're known as a great leader and why they were probably assigned the project is that they they know, uh, again, how and when to make the changes. And that when is a is a is a big thing. Um, you know, it's it's if you let's say um, let's talk about a sad topic. So cancer. Right. If you have stage one cancer and the doctor says we're we've caught it, but we're going to have surgery in three months. That, you know, that time frame is realistic. It's okay. However, if you have stage four cancer and the doctor says, we're going to address that in three months, that is a real problem. Um, and you need to sort of, as the leader, identify what are my major issues that need solving right away um, so that we can't let things fester, um, you know, and and have the cancer spread, so to speak, you know, within this project team. And so the, you know, first priority or the first task of a, a read leader is to identify what's going wrong and then to come up with the action plan. And if it's a severe enough problem, and typically when we talk about severe problems on IT projects, it has to do with, you have uh, people, let's say, uh, you know, somebody on the team who's really disruptive or not doing their job, maybe you picked the wrong partner or the partner changed the, pro the project lead and the new person is no good. 
you have to, I, the most important thing, usually these, these big issues are people issues where you say, Hey, if we're going to keep this project going, we need to, we need to make a change here. We either need to reassign roles. We need to find a new leader or, or I'm sorry, a new, uh, a partner to work with if the problem is significant enough, but you need to sort of like identify like the core area that needs to be changed. And typically when you got stage four, um, you know, the stage four issues that has a lot to do with personnel issues and, and people issues that you want to address right away and get the right people on the bus and then deal with some of the the other stage one issues, which are important to deal with, but you have a little bit more of the luxury of time to make changes. Yeah. Um, and Bonnie, something else I know we've chatted about before, but I think it's just uh, more and more urgent today, right? All the customers that I talked to who are undergoing some of these critical, uh, their business transformations underpinned by technology transformations or digital transformations they just say it isn't just that <laughs> excuse me we're in some ways betting the company on this but they're saying we have to do it faster than we've ever had to move before so the uh the severity of what you're describing now it isn't sort of like it was two or three years ago it's all that plus it's more intense because these things uh, have to be done so quickly. And if things start to get off track because of some of the reasons you mentioned, you really need those folks to come in and get them back on, you know, the right way. And Bonnie, I want to ask just from the data that Raven Intelligence and the incredible insights that your team pulls together, is it more likely that some of these personnel changes happen uh, on the customer team or on the partner team? Do you, do you have any sense of that? Um, it's a, it's a, a little bit of both, but, um, I would say because of the nature of the business with professional services, meaning that they constantly are getting new projects assigned and some projects are more important and higher revenue value yeah. than others. And so the likelihood that your consulting firm might say, Hey, we need to assign this guy to a different project and we're going to reassign, you know, let's say a more junior person on your project because, you know, our, our senior guy got the project off the ground and now we're going to assign, um, you know, person B to keep it going. So it, the churn tip, like it's, it's almost like 60% of the time there is churn on the part of the SI or the consulting partner. Um, and so, you know, again, that's something that you have to to deal with on your partner. If you're the customer, you have to sort of be be uh, nimble to and you know almost expect because it hap it it happens more often than not. And if you can write into the contract any language that mitigates that, you know, more power to you. So, Bonnie, again, then with the um, experience you have personally, the data and insights that Raven Intelligence gleans. What's the way forward for, you know, come on, how would you advise folks to try to be best equipped to deal with these sorts of changes? Yeah, I think as the the 
leader, right? So um, of, of the project or the, um, you know, if, if you've inherited a project like this and you need to make, um, you know, changes to uh, the group. And we're also speaking, I know a lot of, Bob, your your listeners are work at these SI firms. Sometimes you are also now the new leader of a project. And I think, you know, what's really important um, is you have to, now that accepting the reality of a new dynamic here, as the leader, you need to cast a vision for, um, you know, the way forward. And sometimes that means um, being uh, very clear about what we had done in the past wasn't working or the team that we have in, had in place is not here. Um, and sometimes the that's going to then change the time frame or the cost or the ability for you to fully do the scope of the project. And so those are type the you have to cast that vision for change and be clear about what that why the vision is changing and then what is it that the promises that you may have made in the past or that were made in the past you have to you have to sort of unpromise those things and be clear about here's what the new time frame is here's what the new um you know scope and deliverables are um and this is why we are changing those things so, you know, casting that vision for change or the a vision of what what is going to change, being clear about that, um, I think is a is a big deal. It's, and, you know, it's and, important. Yeah. I could, you know, if I'm on the other side, I could say, hey, that all sounds good, but um I don't really know you that well. How how do you establish some sense, Bonnie, of of trust to, you know get everybody behind this this vision, right? Because they might say, hey, the vision sounds good, but so did the original plan. And, you know, how are you going to ensure that we move forward on this? Yeah, you're absolutely not going to be able to change like the culture of the project or, you know, and or, um, you know, cast that vision successfully if you have not built trust on the team. Mm -hmm. The trust is such a fundamental piece of it. So once you've assembled your team, um, you know, or just, uh, how should I say, established that the team that you had in place is the right one, um, it, it, you know, you have to build trust um, in, you know, be, almost before you're casting that that vision for change um, or at the, the same time. Because if you're you know, trying to change what that is and, you know, get people to buy into your vision. If they don't trust you, doesn't matter. Yeah. It, it, you, you can talk all you want, build a beautiful vision, but it's not, you know, that's not going to materialize. Um, and I think what's important about, you know, helping to build trust is showing, um, you know, empathy that, Hey, things are, you know, we, we know that, that things are different. There's a, a new leader, um, and, allowing the team to sort of like heal if they need to and and have the space to um you know talk about what went wrong in the past um so that that they they feel like they can move on from that i think is important but um you know understanding like okay so what's the values of the group um you know what how, how can we make sure that the mistakes that were made in the past are not made in the future 
but then casting that overall vision with like, okay, so here's, here's how the, how things are going to be better, um, and maintained in the future based on the values, the, the new values of the project, I guess. Yeah. So it's not enough for everybody to <clears throat> put on t-shirts that say, you know, the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> Got to go beyond that a little bit. Well, I mean, as long as the teachers are cute and have a logo on them. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, there's, Hey, um, Bonnie, I, I was intrigued when you described earlier, sort of the new person coming in, being in charge called the re-leader. I haven't heard that term, but that's a good one. And it, it, it sort of clarifies that this person is the leader, but it's different. And you want to be able to fulfill then that promise of saying, okay, yeah. it's going to be a new person, but same old, same old. Or is this re-leader going to come in with new sets of ideas, new outlooks, the sort of trust and vision that you've described? How do they do that? Yeah. So I didn't invent the term re-leader. I'm actually reading a book about uh, that very topic, the re-leader. And it's about this idea of you're not the one who, uh, you know, came in and uh, you're not Elon Musk and invented and built the company. You're having to take over and, um, you know, take the vision that somebody else created and potentially make it come to life or continue to build it. And so successful re-leaders, so to speak, um, have different qualities than the initial leaders um, in many cases. Um, I think first and foremost, they have to be okay that their name isn't necessarily going to be in the spotlight. So Elon Musk, everybody knows who he is and 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 all of that. Whoever if if somebody ever takes over for let's say, you know, at Tesla, it's still going to be Elon Musk company, yeah. Steve Jobs company. It was always Apple, right? So you know, we we now know Tim Cook, but it's uh, we all know who the original leader of of uh, of Apple was, and so I think the re-leader they're just as skilled, but they're not. They have to be okay with not having that name brand. And there's tons of great leaders that that don't have that. Tim Cook, great example. I think there the re-leader also has to be really patient to problem solve because again, these are inherited problems. They didn't create them. They didn't select the software. They didn't sell the project internally initially. And yet they're sort of having to pick up the pieces to it no. and breathe new life into it and maybe make it better. Um, so they have to have a lot of patience and they have to be able to, I think, be really good at people management and skilled because foundationally so much of the initial problems uh, or so much of the, the problems potentially can be with people issues on the team um, or even knowledge transfer. People are assigned roles that they're not best playing and they have yet to get reassigned what they're doing or they're not, it wasn't clear about what their tasks were on the project or maybe they're half in, half out and you have to be able to motivate. Um, so it's like, it's those type of qualities that aren't necessarily the visionary um, that you have, but are a really important skill set to make sure that you're going to successfully take a project and make it great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, that sounds like a pretty good plan for uh, a difficult situation. Um, can you point out a couple things that you feel are uh, 
critical mistakes that somebody could make that you would advise them to avoid doing? Yeah, um, I would think, you, you know, a lot of it has to do with like the timing of change. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, you could rapidly blow everything up and start from scratch. And that's not necessarily going to be the right answer. Um, and, uh, you know, get really aggressive with certain things um, versus, you know, the ad addressing of the important things, um, you know, quickly is important, but to sort of blow it all up and like, you know, we're going to start from scratch, you know, just the bulldozer approach. Typically, you have to fix the plane while the plane is in yeah. flight. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you want to minimize the feeling of disruption um, internally uh, while still being clear that the vision and goals are going to be realized within time. So I think making changes too quickly or too um, dominantly or aggressively is, you know, when we, we've seen some of those things, we've seen projects that, that, that don't have the acceptance. They may, they may check all the boxes. They, they may be on time and on budget and the project might be able to say, okay, we did it, but is that going to sustain over time? And are people going to adopt it and feel uh, that this change was beneficial? That's the part of the equation that, uh, you know, is, is less apparent. Yeah. Um, Bonnie, do you have some, uh, on ravenintel.com, do you have some supporting materials that you would recommend for people? Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, you want to make the best decisions in the first place <laughs> with your, especially with the the partner that you choose, because your the partner that you choose is really going to help guide you, particularly if you have a change internally and you have a re-leader that's going to take over the project. A great consulting firm has dealt with that issue before and can help in the knowledge transfer and things like that. So I would say we can tell you the consulting firms that are, are well known for the care and guidance that they've provided other companies and also the consulting firms that do not have a track record of swapping in and out your project team members. Oh, we ask that on every single review and we have the track record of all of the SIs that we track in terms of the percentage of change on projects. And there are some um, that are, uh, I think, better than others um in terms of the consistency of team all right all right well Bonnie, that is good advice uh especially in these times when these projects are more critical than ever before they are more timely than ever and uh but still we've got those you know fundamental issues that you've outlined here and how to get around them so Bonnie, thanks i think you always bring a sense of clarity and insight uh, to some very complex issues that I know means a lot to the people out there. So thanks for sharing this overview. Thanks for having me, Bob. All right. And Bonnie, just uh, before we go, on ravenintel.com, how many different sort of uh, projects or companies are involved there? It's, it's a pretty big number. Yeah. So we're looking at 3,300 projects that we have reviewed um, over 200 consulting partners that we have reviews for. So 
um, a great resource, a free resource for any IT or functional leader about to do a digital transformation. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Bonnie, thanks. For, uh, good to see you. Love the color you picked for today. And, uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll sync up again next time. Sounds great. Folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live. Been speaking with Bonnie Tinder, founder and CEO of Raven Intelligence. We'll see you next time.